Hey everyone, and welcome to Selwyn Avenue's Podcast Faith Lab, where we dig into scripture with authentic conversations. This is Ashley Anderson, Selwyn's seminary intern, and we just want to thank you all for being with us today. Um, whether you are out enjoying the sunshine on a walk, your lunch break, or wherever you find yourself today, um, we are thankful that you are spending this time with us. We are continuing along with our sermon series, Walking with Jesus, uh, focusing on the Gospel of Mark. And this week, we have Lori, who will be preaching on Mark um, 6, uh, Jesus um, walking on water. And last week, we talked about the disciples getting out of the boat to feed 5,000 back into the boat to go to the other side. Um, so let's see where we find ourselves today. Um, Margo, do you mind reading our scripture for us today? I'd love to read it. Um, so our scripture is Mark 6. I'll be reading verse 47 to verse 52. Let's hear what's God saying to us today. When evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were straining at the oars against an adverse wind. He came towards them early in the morning, walking on the sea. He intended to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out. For they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, people. Everybody knows this story about Jesus walking on the water. It's presented in three of the four Gospels. Uh, also, you can find it in Matthew and in John, except for this version in Mark is less familiar um, because all the disciples stay in the boat, uh, and their reaction to what they've witnessed and experienced with Jesus, isn't that great? Um, not even Peter finds the courage to step out onto the water. And so today we're presented with, um, a very difficult text that in my mind calls us to think about, um, discipleship, what it means to be in the boat with Jesus, although Jesus wasn't in the boat to begin with, uh, and in trust. The thing that really stands out to me right now, since um, we're coming on a year of a global pandemic, and we're, we're isolated from one another, a little bit weary and tired, is this idea of um, the disciples' response. It isn't that flattering and I'm not sure I like being associated with a group of um, followers of Jesus who have hardened hearts. I see evidence of a lot, a lot of hardened hearts in our world right now against one another, against the church, against our national or local leaders, um, whomever they may be. And so maybe we can start our discussion with thinking or talking a little bit about, well, what's that all about? Hey, y'all, this is Lisa. You know, Lori, when I hear you say that and I think about hardened hearts, you know, I can't help but think that 
you know, sometimes people's hearts are hardened because of weariness, right? It's like just maybe a callus that builds up against the, you know, injustice they see in the world or the pain or the hard things or that they've experienced. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's, it's an intentional hardening um, as a defense mechanism, you know, that uh, if, if I don't, if I sort of ignore that, um, you know, it, it's easier for me to deal with. Um, and then lastly, you know, as I, I think about that, I hear Jesus in the boat walking on water. They've just seen all the feeding of the 5,000s and the, the demons going into the pigs. Like they've seen Jesus um, and yet their hearts are hardened. And, and is it a matter of, you know, I, I see this and I'm realizing who this guy is and what he's capable of. And I don't want to believe it because I, I don't want to get my hopes up, right? Could this, could this good news be true? Yeah, it's more than they bargained for, right, Lisa? Like, this, it's terrifying. If you go back and read the text, if, if those of you who are listening have a Bible nearby, the, the four descriptors for the experience that the disciples have had today um, give us insight to why they might be having some trouble <laughs> with what they're experiencing. Um, when Margot read the text, uh, she read that they were straining against the oars. But let's remember that right before the, it, you know, the same day, they were promised a day of rest after having already followed Jesus, gotten in a boat, come back again. Okay, folks, now you're going to rest. Well, that didn't happen. Instead, they were called to feed thousands and thousands and thousands of people um, as an act of faithfulness. And now they get back in the boat, it's night, and that word straining against the oars is translated literally as tortured by the oars. So they're being tortured by the oars, it's at night, they're terrified by a ghost, they're astonished by seeing this man Jesus walking on water, and they're literally dumbfounded by the entire thing. I mean, I might, I might have a heart and heart too, you know, and so it seems traumatic. And if we think about what trauma is really about um, and how traumatic many, many people, how, how, how much trauma many, many people have really been enduring, um, I think we can find some answers in that space. Yeah, I think that's really great, Lori. I th what I also love about this text is kind of how, how Jesus responds to this trauma like he's walking on water. This guy doesn't need a boat, <laughs> but he, his humanity shows by getting in the boat with them. I'm going to come in, in this boat with you. I'm going to meet you in your exhaustion. I'm going to meet you in being terrified. Um, I'm going to calm the storm for you, right? Like the wind ceased. Um, but I feel like that's such, that's that humanity side of Jesus. When we think about human and divine, right? That's that human emotion. Like I'm gonna come sit with you in this boat because you are tired and you are scared, um, but take heart, do not be afraid. Um, so I really love that that action of what Jesus did. He didn't stand on the water outside talking to them. He, he got up in there with them and met them where they were. Um, this is Nancy. I, I think about too the fact that for us, sometimes we don't 
we don't see clearly what God is doing. Um, and Jesus uh, stayed on land, told them to get in the boat, head on across. Jesus starts walking um, on the water because he's heading to the other side. He has a divine appointment. We know this whole sermon series, we are, you know, heading to the cross and Jesus has things, you know, that he has to do. And there are so many times in scripture where we read something that makes us feel kind of taken aback by Jesus, like he's going to walk right past him. And, and uh, he doesn't, he does get in the boat. He does show compassion, but it can make us, you know, feel a little off hinged. And I could understand the disciples um, not understanding what happened with the feeding of the 5,000 and not understanding, you know, um, Jesus and the miracles and the overall plan of um, the sacrifices coming. Um, as you speak, Nancy, I think about what's really at, at stake for the disciples as they're in the boat. And in the other versions of this story, at least Peter has trust for the moment to step out. So in many ways, this is a text about um, what it means to be a disciple, which is the daily, in, the daily walking um, with, the, with the knowledge uh, and the trust that whatever is possible through, through Christ is ahead of us, you know? And so living life day in and day out, which has been hard for the disciples, even within 24 hours, um, with the possibility of hope and redemption and grace uh, ahead of them. So to me, in many ways, this is a story about what it means to trust God um, in every moment. And so if we're thinking about trust, uh, then, then we also know that when you live a life of trust, then that means you can't hold anything back that everything, everything must be poured out in service to who God is in Christ with the trust that when we've been emptied, God's spirit will fill us up again. So the hardened hearts have something to do with an unwillingness or a fear or a lack of trust um, that, that there won't be enough, that they have nothing left to give, that they may not make it to the other side. The French word for um, to take heart that for heart is um, cure, some version of that cure, which means to um, to have courage. It's it's love with courage, and that's a trust word. Yeah. So with this instance too, you know, Jesus had just told them with the feeding of the five thousand, like, no, you do this, and now it, you know, in the text it says he made his disciples get in the boat. So again, he's you know sending sending them on their way before them. Um, and I, I think about that, you know, in trusting in, in our walks as disciples, like in this season, we're, we're trying to discern what the, what the church looks like. How are we worshiping? Um, you know, how, how are we going to do all of these things in this, in this crazy season? And sometimes we're just like, we don't know, we're just going to try it until, you know, resources run out or we just, you know, can't find a way, can't find a way to do it. Um, but Jesus still calls us to gather 
to feed the people and to get in the boat. And that's all done through, through God's abundance when we all come together. Um, you know, not that things that are, that we plan are always going to work out the way that we intend to, or it's going to be a perfect fit, but God's going to keep asking us to try. So we're so skeptical of one another and of what's happening that we can't make sense of that very often in the season of Lent, you know, I think we should challenge ourselves to see how we're approaching our day and our relationships. Uh, All you have to do is roll on over to Facebook to catch a glimpse of what it looks like to not trust one another. And um, maybe that's part of our spiritual journey during this Lenten season is to really challenge that, um, the way we're approaching our days. I'll say one more thing uh, before we switch gears, which is Jesus walking on the water uh, should, should light something in your brain about what happened in Genesis when God created um, order out of chaos. The very first thing um, God did was, you know, create light and then, then day and night. And, you know, if you go back and read that first, that his first few verses, God moved across the water which is very similar language to what we just heard Margot give us. So it's, it's Jesus represents a way out, a pathway when there is no path, uh, a light when there is no light, a possibility when things are impossible. So metaphorically speaking, it, it doesn't, we don't need to get caught up on whether he was actually walking on the water or not. Um, well, we could talk about that for 14 hours, but. No, that's true. I feel like um, immediately, sometimes that's where my head goes is, you know, well, how did he do it? How is he walking on the water? Um, instead of, you know, looking at the actions of what Jesus is, is calling us to do as disciples in the text. So maybe what we'll do is uh, consider a couple questions for us. And for those of you who are with us on the podcast, I think what I'm going to be wrestling with personally is the question of um, discipleship and what it means to trust Christ in my life right now uh, or during this season. And the other thing maybe you could think about uh, is where or when in your life has your heart been hardened and what might you do about that? Which is a question of Lenten faithfulness. Um, as we move closer and closer to Easter. Awesome. Well, thank you all for joining us um, today. I hope you enjoyed the discussion and we'll join us back for next week. Um, and I am going to pray us out. And uh, I found this, this prayer um, as I was studying this text earlier this week um, by Beth Merrill Neal. And so I thought it fit fit well for for today. So let us pray. Holy God, we can be so full of fear at times, afraid of the unknown, afraid of what is beyond our control, afraid of what is strange to us. And we know that fear stops us in our tracks, hinders our action, and gives excuses for not doing what you call us to do and what you empower us to do. So we pray that you will give us courage, O God, give us strong hearts and open hands 
that we might set aside our fear and walk confidently into this world you have made. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.